Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. So what do we say to someone, someone, let's say, sitting right here with us, who's gone, gone through a tragedy, God forbid? What do you say to someone who's literally going through that? And, you know, I mean, they're not interested in us pontificating about happiness and so on. What do you, how do you approach it as, from a Torah point of view, a Jewish point of view, that considers happiness to be the natural state of a human being. Right. Obviously, in a person, person who's going through terrible suffering and comes to us for comfort wants to embrace. They're not looking for philosophy. They're not looking for theology. Right. They look looking for an embrace. They want someone who's empathetic, someone who shows he cares or she cares and is willing to to share their 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 misery, their suffering, their pain, because. That's when people ask the question. I remember, for decades, people were asking, "Why did God allow the Holocaust or some other major tragedy?" Right. And I always realized that if I tried to give an answer, they got more upset. And I realized that they're not asking a question. A child stubs its toe. What does it do? It cries to its mother. An adult doesn't cry, "Mommy." Doesn't feel, well, I'm not going to cry, I'm an adult. So they ask questions, sophisticated questions. Why did God let this happen? They're really crying. Their soul is crying. Good point. Yeah. I want an embrace. God, give me, a, give us an embrace. And, and that's really the only answer to the Holocaust is to say, yes, we have every right to feel pain and to cry out to God. And God has to take us into his embrace. And that's what Mashiach is. Mashiach is where God embraces us after we suffered so much. Yeah, I mean, I second that 100%, absolutely. I think, I don't know who it was that said, a Rebbe once said to one of his suffering chassidim who had suffered a great tragedy, says, I don't have answers for you, but I can cry with you. And an interesting way, that crying with you gives strength. And in some ways, see, people think, again, joy they think and happiness is all external. If I'm not, if happy things are not happening, I'm not happy. But, the, but happiness is a soul state. It's a state of the soul. And... Um, that's what I see when I see people. You know, look at you. Look at you're in awe of people who suffered, and they still maintain a certain uh, dignity and presence, and they're not. They don't lose their faith because it's, it's it's in a deeper place. It's not just because something good happens to me, I'm happy, and if something bad happens to me, I'm not happy. There's a continuous, certain like a consistency, that what I've always seen. And uh, I know a Jew who is such a happy person. And then I discovered, I mean, he told us that he survived the Holocaust, he survived cancer, he survived the heart, 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 severe heart problems. And, and his doctors were already gone. And he's, this man was always happy. And I, I can guarantee you that the happiness contributed at least to some of his miracles of survival. You remind me of an article I read a number of years ago, I remember, it was some magazine about a guy that the doctors had diagnosed him that he only has six months to go. He came originally from Greece. So he decided, you know what, with his wife, let me go back to my homeland, to one, some island in the Greek islands, and live out my life there, back to where I came from. Anyway, he lived more than six months, more than six years, more than 20 years. So the writer of this article heard about him and went to find him. He wanted to see what's the secret of his longevity. So he came to this island, he sees everybody lives there in their deep 90s. So at first he thought maybe it's the climate, but they says other islands are not that way. 
It's not like uh, the Mediterranean diet or something. And he discovered, after spending time there, that there are no clocks in the town. No one's rushing anywhere. Their main focus is, is being with each other. They fabring all day. And then they do some job. In other words, it's not measured on how much money you're making and so on. The whole town is that way. There's no the deadline, the, that whole creation of, of that pressure. And people can just be with each other. They spend time talking to each other, socializing a lot with their children, with their grandchildren. Anyway, he came back to America, the writer, and went to interview the doctors, and they were all gone. So the doctors were long gone, and this guy's still... There's no question about it, that there's a... I mean, everyone who says it, when they go away from that urban dry, you know, this craziness of this material world, everyone feels more at peace. But we're addicted. We are. We're, right, so it's, it's an addiction. You know, a Jew who is in, totally involved, working hard, working 15 hours a day in the, to eke out a meager living, and, or, or whatever else they're doing, and they can't stop doing that, but they can still be happy if they start their day in the morning with saying modani, the first thing you do when you get up in the morning is you express gratitude that you're alive. Right. I mean, we, take, we take everything for granted. Right. That, I mean, that's another way of, of saying how you could be happy. Stop taking things for granted. Be grateful that you're alive. Be grateful that you're a human being, that, that you have a purpose. Be grateful that you're awake and that you're conscious because there are a lot of human beings who are not conscious. And mm-hmm. Be grateful that you have the ability to serve God, to have a relationship with God. Be, be grateful that if, in the case of a Jewish person that you're Jewish, special status of being Jewish. Be grateful that you can do the mitzvot, that can fulfill the commandments, which connects you to God. Be grateful that you make mistakes and you can correct them. God accepts you, embraces you, even after you made your mistakes. And be grateful that you're living to now in an age when we're ready, we're expecting imminently the coming of Mashiach. This is, the whole world is going to change. And it's, there are so many signs of, of it in society today. So I mean, if you really think about it and you don't take any of these things for granted, you'll start dancing for joy. So you don't need to be on that island where you have no worries in the world and you're able to fabreng all day, even if you're a part of the rat race. Yeah. But you have perspective. You're, you're really in a different world, even as you are in this, in this physical world. When the previous um, Chabad Rebbe was imprisoned and tortured, and he had plenty of reason to, to be sad, he says that when he contemplated on divine providence, that wherever you are, is you, were, you need to be there, even if it's in a painful place. It's what gave him the strength to endure. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, he's a Rebbe, but to hear the stories of, you know, he wrote a whole thing called Tractate from Hell, the Sechta Gehenna. Right, but he told these stories because he wanted us to yeah. emulate him. Absolutely. And, um, but you hear how he, how he d- dug deeper and found that, uh, that spark, I guess, that strength that was able to get through anything. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to really, I guess, uh, capture in a, in a, uh, in a test tube. But those people that have that resilience, that have that spirit, at the end of the day, it's the spiritual power of the soul that gives a person the fighting chance to deal with the challenges of life. Because, look, let's face it, even from a Torah Hasidic point of view, life is difficult. No one ever said that this life is going to be easy. Now, for some people, it's more difficult than others. But the mere fact the soul comes to this world, we're told, is not a pleasant thing. 
mean, Shammai, the great sage, says it's more pleasant not to be born than to be born. But it's more purposeful to be born. And when you discover that purpose, it changes everything, you know. Yeah. And so what's the, the uh, conclusion is that everyone has to make an effort to be happy in a meaningful way. And I'm not going to say you shouldn't entertain yourself. You have to drink sometimes once in a while. Judaism allows you to drink some wine on a holiday. Where That's an artificial way of getting happy. But it only works because there's an internal happiness that that right. helps to reveal. But if you don't have that internal happiness... Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's That's just, what I say. The drink is only to numb the, somewhat of the animal soul. So it shouldn't distract. Right. So you can access the, the inner But joy. if you have no relationship with your godly soul because you don't... You, you, we never taught about God, about religion, about Judaism. And when I said religion, you know, I, religion is, is really a, a contributing factor to unhappiness if the religion is the wrong focus. Because religion makes people feel guilty. Religion tells you about God's vengeance and, and everything's so, so negative. Judaism, especially... But that's a the, false word. That's not right, the true right, definition. Within the Hasidic... Especially within the Hasidic uh, community, joy is is like the essence of Judaism. Yeah, it, it's 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 like so. One great Hasidic master said that the being depressed is not a sin. Technically, it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah, "Thou shalt not be depressed." But there's not one sin in the Torah that you won't commit through depression. It's worse you, than a sin, right? It's worse yeah. than a sin. Yeah, they tell the story that Balshamta once went into a synagogue in Yom Kippur, and he hears the cantor like singing a very joyous song. So he's wondering what part of the Yom Kippur service is so joyous. You know, it's pretty serious. So there are sections where the, the high priest comes out of the Holy of Holies. And he notices, no, he's, he's the confession of the sins. And the sins are quite uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty brutal, many of them. So, so he goes over to the cantor afterwards and says, I heard you singing a beautiful song, but how did you sing such a joyous song on, about the sins? It's not like some Torah material. So he says, what do you mean? Everyone has a job in the king's palace. Some people do one job. My job is to clean, clean it up. I, I uh, take a broom and I'm cleaning up the dust. What greater joyous experience is to clean the dust in the palace to beautify it? So there's always the, the two sides to how you look at, yeah, the, the religion that's associated with neurosis and guilt and the punishment is, is, we know, that's not the Judaism that was meant to be. It's the way people distort it. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, absolutely. I would say, you know, about happiness, I think... Living a life of purpose and meaning and service and giving and gratitude and not focusing on your happiness will produce the greatest happy person. Right. That's the end of the day. As soon as you make happiness as your objective, you're, you're already in the wrong place. It's a, it's a, it grow, it, people, we don't appreciate today, things have to emerge. Not everything, you can't pull a flower out of the ground. Water the ground and the flower will grow. Happiness is an outgrowth of what you do that's right. And the more you focus on what you're doing, the right thing you should be doing, the happier you'll be. As soon as you make it a, a, you know, a commodity, you're not going to find it on a shelf. And you're not going to find it anywhere. That's how I would... Uh, I mean, we've said it in different terms, but that's... Right. Uh, so I'm sure we can go on and on and talk about happiness forever and ever. Right. And there are, there are so many degrees of happiness. So when you reach one level, you, there's another higher level, a deeper level. And yeah. ultimately, we'll get to that very soon with the coming of Mashiach. Absolutely. Great talking to you and uh, great Same talking here. about this topic, happiness. We should do this more often. I feel happier right now already, <laughs> you know.
<laughs> well, that's one way of being happy, talking about happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, smiling. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show. 